Welcome to Everything Life Coaching with John Kim and Noel Cardo, founders of Journey Coaching. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I.co. Hey guys, on today's episode, one of my favorite concepts, this uh, is a game changer and it has changed my life uh, big time. Noel, John. We're Fixed gonna... mindset versus gross mindset. Growth. <laughs> I said I said gross mindset. You did. You did. <laughs> oh man, I had a gross mindset. <laughs> once, once upon a time, once, you had a gross yeah. mindset. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I do still a little bit. Um, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Yes, yes. Let's talk about the origins of this. So this uh, term for fixed versus growth mindset was first coined by Carol Dweck in 1999. Mm-hmm. John, what were you doing in 1999? 1999, uh, high top fade, flannels, Timberland boots, a Wrangler Jeep, uh, just trying to be cool. Yeah. Fraternity, I think, 1999. <laughs> no, it was, it was right right around after college, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. was a sophomore in college. In. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh I was definitely raising some hell around 1999. So, taking us back, um it's so interesting this term and how it works and how it manifests and, you know, it has so much to do with the work of coaching. And a lot mm-hmm. of what we do as coaches, I think, is spend time dismantling fixed mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. You want to walk us through what these are? Yeah, let's do it. So, um, well, let me just give you some examples, uh, and this kind of helps for me and uh, of what a fixed and, and, and growth mindset is, and, and then we'll get into it deeper. Um, fixed mindset, it, it's basically um, the belief, uh, skills, intellect, and talents are set in their un challengeable. So it's this idea that you live with a ceiling. So a fixed mindset is, you know, I'll stick to what I know, either I'm good at it or I'm not, right? Things are binary. Um, it's fine the way it is, and there's there's nothing to change. Um, this is a waste of time. There's, a, you know, there's a, just too much to figure out. It's easier to give up, or uh, I'm not really smart. Uh, this work is boring. No one likes to do it. Uh, for me, this was actually most of my life, and this is why I couldn't build anything and nothing nothing good happened. And then on the growth mindset side, it's the belief that skills, intellect, and talents can be developed through practice and uh, perseverance. So it's, uh, I want to learn new things. I'm eager to take risks. Um, is this really my best work? What else can I improve? I know this will help me even though it is difficult. Um, I'll use another strategy. My mistakes often um, help me, right? Uh, yeah. Failure is a good good thing. I recognize my weaknesses and I know what to do to fix them. So it's like, it's a difference between um, being stuck and staying there or um, being wide and knowing that uh, your ability, uh, if it's, if it's, you know, um, practiced and, 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 and your craft is worked on that uh, nothing is impossible. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for me, this is just such, this is the core of journey coaching because we believe that there's no such thing as a broken human. And with a fixed mindset, it says that if you're broken, you stay broken. 
And with a growth mindset, which we adhere to 125%, is like, you're not broken. Get back up. Let's keep going. Let's keep building. Right. right. Can you imagine, Noel, um, you as uh, the CEO of Journey Coaching, if you had a fixed mindset? Oh, my no God. <laughs> no. Right. I can't. That would, you know, if if I had a fixed mindset, we would hit walls all the Every time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, with a growth mindset, I look at a wall and I'm like, whoo, let's sidestep that fucker. Like, you know, like, right, right. it doesn't exist. What wall? Yeah. I think in startups uh, and in relationships, those two areas, a growth mindset is, I mean, you can't build a relationship or a company with a fixed mindset. No, never. And I think, you know, when I look at this historically, a fixed mindset has had so much to do with generational programming. Um, coming out of World War II, things are the way they are. You put your head down, you work hard, mm -hmm. you don't question. Mm -hmm. And right. the growth mindset, you know, I think 1999, late 90s was when really culturally um, people were starting to question. People were starting to question a lot. Yeah. People started yeah. pushing the envelopes. And it's absolutely imperative for cultural change, growth, expansion to see the world as infinitely possible. Yeah, I see the visual I'm seeing is a fixed mindset is tracing blueprints, uh, even if they're not honest to you. And then a, a growth mindset is just tossing all the blueprints out the window and creating your own. Yeah. And and you know what goes along with this too is um, is ageism, you know, to a certain degree and neuroplasticity. So have you ever heard the adage that your brain stops growing at age 25? Mm, no, I didn't know that. It, well, it's not true. Um, but no. <laughs> it's 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 it is it is a false statement that your brain stops growing at age twenty five. But it somehow became part of common culture and has gotten passed around a lot. Before I ever learned about neuroplasticity, I heard that and I was like, ah, well, you know, if my brain stops growing at twenty five, you know, whoever I am at age twenty five, that's going to be it. Yeah. 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 Whoa, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And also, you're probably not going to uh, care about learning or feeding your brain because it's you're saying to yourself, it's not going to grow anymore. Exactly. And so, if you're if you're sticking with this fixed mindset and you're just accepting who you are as finite, you limit your opportunities. Um, and for a long time, it kept it held me back a fixed mindset because I just felt like, okay, the person that I am now, this is it. This is what I'm fated to. And 25 mm -hmm. year old Noel wasn't up to too much. Did you at one point in your life have a fixed mindset or yeah. not so much? I did. Mm. I sure did. I had a fixed mindset uh, until I was age 29 when I got divorced. And that's when my mm. whole world turned upside down. And it was impossible to remain in a fixed mindset because I didn't have – the ground was moving underneath me. I had to start pedaling. I had to start figuring it out. Sometimes survival creates a growth mindset or you drown. Yeah. And that was yeah. also the time when I started to interact with the world of coaching and positive psychology, and I started learning this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, you can learn anything. You can do anything. Let's go. So let me ask you this. At what point is um, does a growth mindset just become ego? So like, you know, whether we're talking about a relationship or a business, what if you've done everything and maybe it's it's supposed to expire? right? Um, or a relationship is toxic. And at one point, do you, is it's now ego driving and not so much a growth mindset. 
Yeah, I think there's a huge difference between the statements, I can learn anything and I know everything. Mm, right. And to me, you know, a growth mindset requires a space of not knowing and admitting that there's a lot of stuff that you don't know, but you yeah. have the capacity to learn. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's basically you're saying that uh, getting out of your own way. Getting out of your own way. And if you find yourself, you know, in an ego-driven place where you're like, I know it all, I've done it all, even, you know, in your in your relationships with your partner, you know, I know better, I've had this life experience, that's a fixed mindset. Yeah. Is there somewhere in between? It, can someone have like, you know, sometimes a growth and sometimes fixed? Of course, because we're human. Yeah. And I, I think it's moment to moment. I think it's yeah, absolutely it, it, moment to moment. It, it is for me too. And also it depends on what area of your life, right? Yeah. So like when it comes to, um, I don't know, say uh, working out, I think I have a very growth mindset. But if it comes to, you know, sometimes in business, it can be fixed. And when it comes to, and then of course it changes on the day too. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of the opposite. When it comes to working out, I probably have a pretty fixed mindset. Right, right. <laughs> and when it comes to business, I'm like, there are no limits. Um and yeah. and those are my own limitations, right? So people with fixed mindsets are more likely to avoid challenges. Mm -hmm. So if we're taking, you know, me with working out, I was I when I started um, powerlifting, I was always stunned when I could get a really heavy weight up because I didn't believe I could. Right, right. And then with mindsets, they can be changed. And shifting mindsets have a really profound impact on nearly every aspect of everybody's life. And yeah. what do you think the key is to changing mindset? Uh, well, I think the first thing is to be aware of your mindset, you know, um, looking at how you think, uh, you know, when you get stuck, what is your uh, uh, reaction? What is your response? And are you uh, in more of a fixed mindset or are you more in a growth mindset? And if you're in a fixed mindset, um, it's, it's, you know, time to start. Uh, and it's not something you do overnight, right? It's something that you have to practice and exercise uh, to get into uh, having more of a growth mindset. Oh yeah. And you're, you're spot on that awareness, self-awareness is the key to everything. That's a hundred percent step one. And so let's talk about this from a coaching perspective of working with a client. So how can you work with someone when you start to notice that they have a fixed mindset and to get them going with um, adopting growth-oriented actions and strategies? What do you think? So first of all, when you're working with a client, how do you know or what do you pick up on when somebody has a fixed mindset? Um, what they're saying, their inner dialogue, uh, uh, their perspective on something, um, them always seeing the glasses half empty. Mm, yeah, negativity you know, creeping in. Negativity. I use the example that, you know, if my mom won the lottery and she's a lovely person, but her mindset is very set in survival mode just because of the way that she was raised and, you know, in poverty war. Um, if she won $200 million, her first comment would be, oh my God, the fucking taxes have to pay on that. <laughs> you know? The hundred million in taxes have to pay. That would be her focus. <laughs> that Not that she... Not that she just won two hundred million dollars, you know. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and and I I I hear that too with clients, and things that I listen for really specifically in this arena are um, black and white thinking or all or nothing right. statements, words like yep. always, never, impossible, can't, yep. can't. Um, can't, 
And when you're introducing these new ways of thinking, it's really important as coaches to understand that just like, you know, John's mom, if this is the first time that your client is trying to stretch and trying to grow and trying to try a growth mindset on, they might be slammed and confronted by the dominant fixed mindset dialogue that runs through their head. So it's Mm -hmm. important to validate and it's important to normalize and say, hey, you're not alone. John's mom also has a fixed mindset and many people do. Thank God she doesn't speak English or have the <laughs> internet. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, you're not also uh, stamping someone with a fig. You're not labeling them. You're not judging them because that could that could also backfire, right? You're not saying, "Oh, I just realized you have a fixed mindset." <laughs> yeah, no. And so what we do here is we praise our clients' effort to gain awareness. And we praise their ability and their talent for being able to reason their way through this. The process itself of grappling, and this is true of anybody, if you guys are doing this for yourself or for your clients, the process of grappling with this stuff is worthy of celebration. Yeah. I think it's also um, subtly through questioning, feeding the growth. So for me, I ask a lot of what if questions. You know, hey, what if you did leave your job and start that thing that you've always wanted to do? What if? Mm. So when you start doing that, it forces them out of the growth uh, uh, mindset and they start imagining and you start feeding what could be. And then, you know, based on their excitement or them shutting it down, you could gauge um, where to go with it. That's awesome. I love that. I use the miracle question a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's similar to a what if, but I ask, you know, um, if everything had changed, what would you feel like inside? If you woke up in the morning, what would be different inside of you? How would you know? Yeah. What's the first thing? Um, what? Yeah. What's the, 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 the first thing that would tell you that that miracles happen, right? Yep, exactly. And another really good technique here is under the category of psychoeducation, and that's teaching your client about neuroplasticity. Um, Neuroplasticity is the capacity of your brain to change and grow. So just like I said, your brain doesn't stop growing at age 25. We have the capacity in our lives to build infinite landscape in our brain for Mm -hmm. new thoughts, new feelings, new ways of being. And with repeated practice, um, we can completely change our entire experience of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Another thing to put a black light on, and Noah mentioned it earlier when she was talking about uh, black and white thinking, uh, any kind of cognitive distortion, right? Any kind of mm. thought pattern, uh, catastrophizing, um, polarized thinking, anything where it's, you know, this or that, like there's no gray, there's no room for uh, possibilities. All of that is going to fall under a uh, fixed mindset. And, you know, we all to a certain extent have cognitive distortions. Oh, yeah. So and and I can explain a little bit about where cognitive distortions come from, how they happen. And it's it's really crazy complex science. So on our neuropathways, uh, which are the the roads that our thoughts travel down. So if you guys picture kind of like this glowing web in your brain, those are neuropathways. And we have these little gray clouds called neural masses that can be seen with some kind of very specialized MRI scans. And they look like little gray storm clouds. And they sit 
on top of our neural pathways. And they are composed of shards of memory and emotion. Mm. So when your thought travels through a neural mass, it splinters like light through a prism and your brain brings up these shards of memory and emotion and we feel a somatic. Soma is body, physical wincing that um, you might have experienced throat, chest, stomach, tightness Mm -hmm. in your neck, um, just that, oh, I don't like the way I feel. And that's typically the physical foundation of a cognitive distortion where your brain is pulling up all these memories and trying to protect itself from whatever those memories represent. And therefore, we go into black and white thinking of Mm. I can't, I won't. So you're saying that um, it also manifests in your body. So if you're not aware, if you have a uh, distorted thought, you could probably catch it by 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 dropping into your body and feeling it. No, absolutely. The body goes first, and 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 a big and capital letters and most people aren't in touch with their bodies enough to know that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're, we're, most so, of us are very disconnected with our bodies. We don't even listen to they're, – they're such powerful radars and, and we don't use them for that. Oh, yeah. Our heart does a lot more than our brains in terms of sensing and feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we can drop down and get in touch with our bodies. So, guys, if that sounds familiar to you, if you've ever experienced tightness in your throat, your chest, your stomach, the back of your neck, um, it's based on memory. I actually had that experience – the other day, the the, and thank God my mom doesn't listen to my, this podcast as well. But the um, the earliest memory that I have of like a really visceral somatic response um, is going to church, mm. of just like having this pit in my stomach of like I don't like it here. Um, and I was the other day I had to go to my safety deposit box, and I was driving through um, a town where I used to live, where I used to live when I was married years and years ago. And wow, I was flooded with memory and emotion, and it was in my body because my thoughts were traveling down pathways that they hadn't visited in so very long. Oh, right, right. And then, so when when that was happening, you felt basically um, um, – in your body, you felt what? All the emotions that you felt before when you were there? I felt uncomfortable in my body. Mm. It felt kind of like a washing overwhelm. But also because I know the science so well, I was also cognitively aware that what was happening for me was, oh, my thoughts are traveling down pathways. They haven't been down for a very long time and there are some neural masses there. Mm-hmm. And I did actually say that self to myself in the car, you know? Um, but if, if I didn't know that I would have just felt shitty. Only Noel says out loud as she's driving, <laughs> there, there are some neural masses there. I know. <laughs> Welcome to the inside of my brain. It's a yeah. fun place to be. Um, but yeah, and, and the facts really help with this stuff. You know, I say a lot, it's not you, it's your brain. Let's understand how our brains and bodies work so that we can contend with what's actually going on in them. Yeah. So guys, as you realize that uh, you are either um, pulling from your fixed mindset or you have one, um, you, you have to also realize you have the power to choose. Yes, you do have the power to choose. And there are some steps that I will leave you with. So 
The first one is learning to hear your mindset voice. Mm -hmm. And I suggest taking a week to do this if this is really new for you, just to learn to become aware of the internal commentary that shows up. And like John said in the beginning, draw awareness to it. Is this fixed or is this growth? Right. And then step two is identify um, that this is a fixed or growth mindset and then flip it. Flip it around and see what happens. And um, also, as John said, realize your power to choose. Yep. With awareness comes your power. I just won $200 million, not I have to pay taxes on a on two hundred million dollars, right? But I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, look, look, look what what road each of those takes you down. One is worry, dread, panic. How am I gonna, you know? Uh, and then the other one is, you know, uh, heaven. The other one is like freedom. The other one is opportunity. So like, they're very extreme. But they are very extreme. It's it's the same event, but two different mindsets approaching that same event. Yeah, and just to bring it all home, start to act in line with your mindset. Yeah, this is the big one, right? This is the big one. You know, once you get to the point of saying, oh, I don't like this fixed mindset and I want to harness it and I want to, you know, bring up a growth mindset, start to swagger with it, start to dance with it, Mm -hmm. start to see what kinds of actions would reflect a growth mindset in this situation. Moving from thought to action is where real growth occurs. Yeah, or else you're just thinking a lot. And so uh, I think the value here is that if you do start to quote unquote swagger with it and actually put action behind um, a growth mindset, you're going to set yourself up for an experience that's new. And then you may realize, oh, I actually can do something. I actually can publish your book. I actually, you know, can run a company. I actually can uh, run a marathon. Whatever it is, uh, you will set yourself up for an experience. And then when you actually accomplish something that's new and different, you feel that in your body. And that's when um, I believe internal shifts happen, right? I completely agree with you. And of those examples that John gave, uh, with the exception, I think, of the marathon, we've both done those things. Yes, I have not done a marathon either. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and those are I mean, those are like let's I want to take a second to savor this, you know, because those that was a big statement. There was once a time where I Noel believed that I would never in a million years be capable of running a company. Sure, absolutely. And I used to believe that I was a failed writer, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So it's, Hell yeah. it's it's new experiences, right? And uh and listen, as we end, um I have never run ran a marathon and one day maybe I no, will. No, John. One no, day maybe I will. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not running a marathon, John. <laughs> Get out of the fixed mindset, Noel. <laughs> we 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 may or we we may not, but we can. Uh, fair. Yes. Fair. All right, guys, be aware of your mindset and make sure that it is a growth mindset, not a fixed one. Take care. Ready to cut through the BS of becoming a coach? Snag John and Noel's six-step guide to becoming a life coach at journey.co slash everything. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything. If what you've heard here today speaks to you and you want to learn a little bit more about becoming a coach, visit journey.co, J-R-N-I dot C-O. We've graduated nearly a thousand coaches and offer vibrant community 
strong lifetime support, and world-class coaching education. We're fully ICF accredited and look forward to watching how you use coaching to make a bigger impact in the world around you.